What's up, everybody? How are you doing today? Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, today we have an episode with Michael M. Jenny. Super fun character, uh, a good sport for all the bullshit that I do on the show. Talking about Alec Baldwin and everything. Uh, it, it was a good time, though. And he's a really talented artist. If you listen to his stuff, very R&B, very soulful. And, you know, when he talks about his music background, you know that, you know, if you listen to his music, you can that very well embellishes through. So it was a really fun episode. And I hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael M. Jenny. How the fuck are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. How you been, man? Not too bad. Another day, another Saturday, another live stream. Never ends. Never the tree does. never fucking ends. You got to keep it going, man. It's a, it's a cold Saturday, though. It's, yeah. it's unusual today. Like it's, I guess it's winter vibes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking coming, man. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Speaking of these winter vibes, there mm. was some crazy fucking shit going on. Oh man, like what? Like so much. Um there's a there's a killer on the loose oh, in Los here, Angeles. Here, here we go. Okay, now <laughs> his name I know. is Alec Baldwin. <laughs> now I know where not to go. <laughs> right off the bat, there's a killer on the loose in Los Angeles. <laughs> now now I know where not to go, man. <laughs> Like, like, I, I want to know the details of this though, because like a, a killer is something serious. Like, do I need to be prepared for this, or like, like, what's the details? Yeah, well, so what happened was, uh, the, he shot the he shot a gun and he killed the DOP, the director of photography, oh, and injured the director. Talking. Yeah, okay. What the, they're saying is, I believe. Do you want to look that up, Molly? Yeah, Alec I believe Goodwin. it was a shrapnel. Yeah, I I saw the report. They didn't know it was. They said he didn't know it was live rounds in the gun. Yeah. Um. And now they're trying to determine like, hey, the who? The camera team walked off the like the set because it wasn't safe. Eh. They were protesting because the conditions were terrible. Oh, like the. This happened. Like the shooting, like the whole production was just not good. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. I definitely didn't know that. Uh. He just looks like shit in that photo. Yeah, like, he's stressed. <laughs> stressed from what I normally see him in movies. He looks like, hey, man, I'm going through it, guys. Well, I mean, look at that white beard. I mean, whether or not he shot someone, I mean, he just he, looks like shit. He looks out of it. And uh, even the pretty, you looking at the photo still, I'm like, what type of production is going Seven on members here? of the camera crew walked off New Mexico set rust to protest hours before lead actor and producer Al Baldwin. Oh, he's a producer, too. That's great. Yeah. You about to lose your job. <laughs> that that director of photography made a bad crack about his hair. Oh, I don't know how you put live rounds in a gun and you don't tell somebody. Uh, yeah. that that screams a setup. Well, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Right? Yeah, and nobody's really stepping up to play to to you know claim ownership. Like, hey, you know, this is what happened. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you can't really apologize for that because you know life is gone. But yeah. yeah. It's just like a course. Alec Baldwin of all people. Yeah. If I could do it too. Top, top notch, uh, you know, Hollywood guy. And it's just out of all people, him. <laughs> you would never expect. But I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting. Because he's not like in custody or anything, is he? 
No, uh, he, 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 so. I think they said he's cooperating with law enforcement, which is good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure that he, you know, these are jokes. I'm sure that he's, you know, genuinely upset. Let's let's. Uh, I'm curious. What uh, did they get? Like an interview with him? Like a video interview? I or is he too distraught? Maybe. Go to videos. Or yeah, just try to find out. I want to see if his team put out a statement like, "Oh, I feel sorry or terribly." You know, oh, well, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they were on Twitter like 20 minutes later, like. All right. He is deeply distraught about his actions. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything. Mm-mm. Which is probably good. Can you imagine if, like, Michael Moore was there? <laughs> <laughs> and he just, like, like Alcbaum was just crying on the phone, that... holding a mask. Just, just, oh, my God, I can't... And Michael Moore was just like, what? <laughs> Go to go to Michael Malice's Instagrams. I some of the funniest fucking memes have come out of this shit. Yeah, that works. It'll come up. <laughs> let's let's see. Go to that second one. Wow, they wasted no time. Prop gun, <laughs> dude. Reddit was on that like the instant this shit happened. Go go to that first one. Go to that All license to kill. Yeah, and it. <laughs> James Bond's on his own and up. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting how this affects, like, gun rights, too. Right. Is I feel like it's going to be know. a whole... It's going to be a whole debacle to go with it. I'm going to give it till Monday to see some, like, real action. Because <laughs> it's a weekend. I'm going to wait for Monday to come along to hear something. But I was reading about it, and they said that, you know, accidents like that is not, you know, it's, 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 it's not too often that it happens. But it does happen on set. And I'm like, I've never heard something like this. This is a first. So I don't know yeah. how they'll deal with it law-wise and, and how they'll, you know, treat him in, in, in the court of law. But interesting situation yeah i mean i think ultimately it'll probably be fine nothing probably happened to him hopefully not (laughs) (laughs) i I would expect at least jail but they'll probably give him you know probation a slap on the wrist something but you know it's hollywood you think he'll even get that i feel like he'll just walk oh he'll definitely walk i feel like in hollywood when you have that type of statue you're able to give some pull so something like this happens it'll be like (sighs) what's next (laughs) Literally, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but I feel like that's how it'll go down. Yeah. Well, also it's California. Like, yeah, we got like people ODing in front of the police department <laughs> on the daily, on the daily. So I feel like that's that's more important, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's still a casualty, but it's still more important. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. Like, do you think they're just gonna like take guns out of movies now? You know. Like, are they just like it, you know because they're going to all these extremes right you know like, i wouldn't be surprised if they just all unanimously were like you know not unanimously but like a majority mm-hmm. of those like you know talking head corporate talking heads were like we're not gonna have guns yeah i feel so too they'll probably put some type of different prop um or administer some type of rule for like hey handling guns on set but i feel like there'll be a stronger enforcement now because i mean it's a top actor and now he's in the, li- the limelight for a gun going off with live rounds so they don't want this to be you know a reoccurring factor so I, yeah mm-hmm. i definitely feel there'll be some type of 
hey, no more guns. Let's try some CGI or something. <laughs> We're all going to be shooting Star Wars blasters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> something safer. <laughs> There's going to be fucking Pulp Fiction 2, and they're going to be fucking <laughs> using <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> the worst movie ever made. Uh, um, sorry to derail. Michael oh, and no, Jenny. It's all good. It's all um, good conversation. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Uh, I I was impressed seeing your like discography on Spotify. You looks like you've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been uh, rapping and doing your thing? Well, I guess you're, you're more, your style is probably more R&B, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it's, it's definitely more singing R&B. I, I started 20, 2015 is okay. when I really started working on my musical craft and figuring out my, my sound in my musical lane. That's where it started. And then I want to say 2018, 2019 was where I shifted towards like my originality of Afro pop, Afro beat, where like, you know, that's my lane. That's true to, you know, myself. That's like my culture. And from there, we've just been dropping singles and right now working on the EP. But mm. 2015 is just just consistently dropping singles, singles, singles until I feel, you know, I got enough backing for, you know, an EP and stuff. Okay. Yeah. What uh, what were some of the details in your EP? Um, the EP that is going to be out next year is going to be more, more like myself based. Like I want my audience to really know who I am really as a person because I feel like throughout my discography it's somewhat you know the, the same subject matter of you know relationships you know summer fun love it's still going to be that same type of subject but in a different way presented so I know right now there's a song um, about my mother on the EP and that's something I've never done um, and even working on it and tapping into the instrumental, like I was breaking down in the studio and just like, I've never felt these type of emotions. So that was, I don't say it was like, it was like a relief and therapeutic to go through it. So that's one song I'm happy about. And then of course, it's going to be more danceable records. Um, just an overall presentation of who I am as a person. That's what the EP will be about. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I love the shit that you put out. It's a, uh, it's very catchy and very, you know, but it, like it, you know. And this is an offense. It kind of has mm-hmm. that poppy sense, but there's still some originality to it. You Man, know? I can really appreciate that because that's exactly like what I go for. Not for like you know the the trendy poppy thing, but when I think of like summer songs and summer singles for like the chorus, you want. You want that to stick in the listener's head. You want that to be repetitive. So when the song cuts, you know, cuts off, they're humming like, oh, I want to listen to that to the again. And then they hit the repeat button. So that's kind of what I go for when I'm creating these songs. Not intentionally, but it just has to have a good message for for, for it to be repetitive for, and for the listener to be like, hey, I want to listen to this again. So I can definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So like, like when you say your message, like what's generally your message? It really depends on the subject matter. Um, I know... Uh, typically my songs are like heartbreak songs so when the listener listens to it like i i feel like they'll be able to you know relate so i'm talking about hey you know if i've you know been cheated on um if i've done some foul things in a relationship if i've been played um i present those type of things in in my songs in hopes that hey somebody else who's going through something similar they'll relate and listen to it and share it with a friend or if it's during summer you want to be outside having fun. You want to turn up. You want to fist pump. You want to, you know, dance. Um, and I'll try and think about things that I do during summer and present those, you know, in songs. Um, and, and it hopes that, you know, the listener is like, hey, this is dope. This is something I can relate to. And then they share it. So that's typically, you know, my, my subject matter in my songs. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You de- you definitely get that vibe when you listen to your stuff, you know, and your music videos. I you, you get like a lot of really dazzling. I saw you that you worked with the uh, Cash Gang. Yes, that that was a, a a great experience. Shout out to him. We did a good um, two to three videos. The first one we okay. did was was out here at the I think it's a High Trestle Bridge. Uh, okay. The High Trail. The Trestle is, is Bridge. It, uh, yeah, we've been there. I dropped acid there actually. It's good. <laughs> we gonna throw that in there. We gonna throw that in there. Hey, I, I, th- I think I celebrated and smoked a blunt out there after we got done shooting the video. <laughs> Let me throw that out there. But yeah, that I love that bridge. It, it lit up. We had a a great a great run. Um, shout out to him and his um, his uh, his his uh, team of people and, and what he does himself. Um, it was just a, a great overall experience because a lot of the videos that we did, we would come up with ideas. And then once we get through them, it's just like, hey, we got to go on the spot. We got to start, you know, being creative and thinking out things we can do outside the box that we already have. And that's now what I'm doing with my other views, music videos, working with other people. So that's one thing I'm, I'm able to say with him. It was it was nonchalant. It just flowed like we're just like, hey, maybe this would work. And we would just bounce, um, bounce ideas off of each other. Fuck yeah. Well, and I think uh, I'm a video production major myself. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, you made like a new Instagram account yeah. where uh, you're doing photo shoots and stuff. So I'm like, I, I got to come back and do some photo shoots with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, fuck yeah. yeah I definitely saw that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, but, you know, having that creative energy like mm-hmm. in a production is so important. Like being able to, you know, have that flexibility of like, you know, being able to bounce ideas off. You mm-hmm. know, I, I can say I've had. You know, I, there was an experience where I did a video shoot where mm-hmm. the guy I wanted to do it just like wasn't communicative, 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 <laughs> <laughs> whatever at all. And right. uh, he, uh, you know, it was just really hard to get the final product. And, you know, it was hard to communicate and figure mm-hmm. out what he wanted. That And he's just like, I don't like it. I'm like, well, you didn't, you didn't tell me anything. That, <laughs> I never anything to work with. You know? That that is the the hardest thing to do. I, I I don't think I've personally dealt with that, but I could definitely I definitely understand that because you you want to work well. You want the artist to you know have something nice they want to present, and then I feel like sometimes they might throw their ego into mm. into it, and then then they make it harder for you, and they don't want to like you have to want to communicate with you know your video guy to make sure that you guys are you know presenting something for for your craft for for your business and something for the for the artist because if you get done with it and you're just like like you said he's like oh i don't like it. it's just hey i spent all this time and effort minus the money time and effort for what you're looking at them like man yeah you didn't have to waste my time you know well yeah and i was even offering to like do reshoots and you know find another time to like you know hey let's get some more stuff in let's fill this Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the I don't think people realize, especially for a music video, like how much footage you really need. Oh, yeah. How much shooting you really need to do. Because mm-hmm. when you get in the edit room, even if you have a two minute song, mm-hmm. it's not a movie. It's not a film. Audiences are going to get bored. Yes. If you're not switching it up. You exactly. Know? That like the, the first couple of times I had to really understand that because I'm like, man, we've done enough. And they'll look at me like, buddy, we we didn't do enough. <laughs> <laughs> we got we, we need two three more scenes buddy what are we gonna do bounce off of these two and switch it up and as i'm even now as i'm still doing music videos and learning you have to find some way to keep the the audience in tune with your video you have to throw something in there switch up the scene that way they they watch the whole video through so i definitely feel that and it i don't mind it at times i really don't because it's, it's the creative process that when you look at it like man look what we came up with because people look at the video sometimes and they'll be like wow 
man, this looks so easy, blah, blah. But in your head, you're just like, do you not know what we had to go through to make this look like it was nothing? So, um, yeah, it's definitely a creative process, but I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, and that I think that's important. If you want to have quality material, which, you know, watching your videos, you really do. It's a really professional Thank you. looking Thank thing you. that you got going. You know, I really appreciate it. Um, you're... What's your background? Are you from the area, or did you, you know, what? What's your story? There? My story. I was I was born in uh, Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, potato. Way State. out there. Yeah, way out west. Pulling uh, dynamite. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the in the cold mountains out there. You know, I, I was born there. I believe when I was one or two, moved to Waterloo, Iowa, Cedar Falls, okay. and I've been living um, there ever since. Now, my heritage and my culture you know, is, is from Rwanda, Africa. Okay. Um, so that's really kind of where, you know, I was my story in a sense of where I was born and, and moved in. I've just been here in Iowa. Hopefully, hopefully next year, or the next, I can move out of Iowa to make, you know, better things for myself musically. But okay. right now I was home base, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so you're born in Rwanda, you said? Oh no, my bad. I was, oh. I was born in, um, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 my bad. Um, but that, like, that was just your heritage. Yeah, yeah, okay, my okay, heritage. My yeah, bad. my bad. I'm <laughs> 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 um, not. Yeah, I'm I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> uh, uh, you do this every week, man. I just <laughs> sometimes it all blends into one. Uh, no, but uh, that's cool, man. Uh, I've never been out to Idaho. I've always uh, been out to, I've, or I've been out to like the Wyoming area mm -hmm. and like uh, the Yellowstone and all that. There's some really cool areas up there, but yeah, I've been out there. I think three times, and all three times I drove with my family, and it was it was a neat experience all three times because we, you know, we go through Wyoming. You see Yellow State. Um, I think even one time we went through. I think we went through Colorado one time, and that was that was a neat experience too. Um, just the overall drive, and then Idaho. When you see it yourself, you you're waking up every every morning for a couple of days, and all you see is mountains, the snow. It's real peaceful out there. So hopefully, I can go back out there within hopefully by next year, and just really take time to be out there. Hopefully, create some music out there, because I haven't been you know home in four years. So I do definitely want to go back and create some more memories out there. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, man. Mm -hmm. What's uh for your like musical style like what? What's some of your <clears throat> influences and like how, what's your process with that? My influences come from the music I listen to daily and the music I, I listen to growing up. So even even right now, I'm finding myself listening to um, African artists that I grew up listening to since I was three or four. So artists like uh, Kofi Olomide, um, Fali Pupa, uh, Davido, um, Wizkid, um, those are more like the African side aspect. And then in terms of like, you know, American R&B artists I listen to, you know, you got, of course, you know, your Chris Browns, your Drake, um, Tory Lanez, um, Ty Dolla Sign. Um, there's even certain producers in terms of beats um, and certain writers that I listen to that just intrigue me, their overall sound. Even like to the point of like, I'm, I'm a geek when it comes to like music and, um, looking at credits and like mixing mastering so i listen to a certain song and i'm like man who mixed this record i want to i want to know like how they got this vocal to do this this vocal to do that so i'll i'll go even that further to like incorporate those type of styles into my own music not necessarily like copying them but like hey this was dope let me try this in my own song um so it's really an overall you know huge 
um, group of things that tend to like how I create music. Yeah, well, if that and, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, it's like Picasso said, you know, good artists copy, great artists steal. Mm-hmm, right. You know, uh, I like. I don't think there's anything wrong with like taking something that an artist did and like mm-hmm. making it your own. Most definitely, like even like the even further back, like listening to Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, like yeah. New Edition, like those R and B times during like the eighty nineties, like Anita Baker, Luther Vandross, even Tupac, like all those people, like I listen to, they inspire me for the music that I make today. Because without the greats, we don't have the music we have today. So I always have to pay homage, you know, naturally and respectfully to you know anybody that I looked up to and incorporate that into my music. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I, I, and you know, you can tell that when you, you know, you know, talking to you that you definitely mm-hmm. have like a roundabout, uh, you know, understanding of music and like you have a, you know, that list, that was mm-hmm. a really roundabout list. Yeah. I think I credit that to like my, my mom and my dad and, and just taking like the, the initiative at a young age, like I like in elementary, like fourth, like fourth grade, you had the decision like, Hey, you want to go into band or orchestra? So I was like, okay, let me try orchestra. And my sister at the time was playing violin. So out of all like the instruments, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I see my sister playing the violin, so I'm gonna play the violin. So me, the typical kid, you don't see a typical dude carrying a violin in a school. Like you expect uh, uh, a kid like me to have a, a bass or a cello, not a violin. So from fourth grade up until 12th grade, I was I was always playing the violin in school, middle school, high school. That's awesome. Man. Um, and it, it was a great experience. It was a great experience because I learned music theory. I learned about mm. notes and things like that. And that really That's helped awesome. me with the music I make today. So I, I really credit that to like my school and my parents upbringing um, and just like, going at it and trying to figure out like hey how do i start this music thing and i feel like when i started orchestra that's kind of where it all kind of fell into place well i was a fellow orchestra myself oh, okay yeah okay i played so, cello okay yeah i actually played a little uh let's see when i started in seventh grade and i went okay. through to like one year of college so about Six years? Oh, that's what's years? up. You carried it further than high school. Yeah, most people just stop at high school, but you carried it through further. Well, than my fir- the first time I went to college, I went for music education. And okay. That was an awful decision. <laughs> it was terrible. I had this, I had this fucking, uh, I had this teacher who was French. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just, I have a terrible time with, like, you know, dialects and, mm-hmm. like, you know, if somebody has a really thick accent, mm-hmm. you know, so... You know, for her, you know, for, for her teaching two of my classes, it was just impossible. And there was just other things. You know, I was at USD, which you know I had heard was a really prestigious music program, but wasn't. Hmm. There's was, it was it was so much work, man. I was doing orchestra. I was mm-hmm. in jazz band. Wow, which jazz band is insane. What they if you're a guitar player, especially they don't give you uh like a guitar like sheet music. They give you piano mm. music, and they're like, all right, figure it out. They just throw it at you like, here, you got to figure this out. Yep. You got you got build you got you got to go through each chord mm-hmm. and you got to build a chord like you got to figure out on your guitar because you know there's frets in different places the right. notes you can't just you know have like that you uh-huh. gotta f- do it in a way you got to rearrange notes and well you understand music theory so oh, yeah. you know you got you know put notes there maybe you know down lower C up to the higher C etc cetera, etc cetera. oh yeah for sure changing octaves and shit it's mm-hmm. a it's a you know it was a chore and it was not worth it yeah no I, <laughs> once I hear that I'm like okay. That that that's definitely time and effort, and yeah. it's a it's a headache. 
Panic at times. Yeah. I, I really don't, I don't really believe that like people need a music degree anymore. No, I, my, my dad will probably whoop my ass for saying this. My family <laughs> watching this will probably whoop my ass for saying this, but I feel like it's just common knowledge that like now, now in these times, you don't need a degree to succeed. Like mm. you really don't like my, my brother is a prime example of this. Like he's out in LA doing big things in the magazine world, doing very well, meeting celebrities and interviewing them in like the field of journalism. And he doesn't have a degree. He went to college for it, but it was just like, eh, this is not for me. But he's doing very well. And I know other people who have just like said, hey, college is not for me. And right now they're excelling very well. And then you do have, you know, this is just, you know, natural. You do have the people who have graduated. They do have a degree or two, but they're not able to find, you know, Work. employment in yeah. their field. And it's not enough. So they're like, oh, let me go back forward. My my uh, my bachelor's. Let me go. No no no. My master's. Let me try and get it. You know, they try and further their education to get a certain pay bracket, and eventually you end up with so much college debt. But I definitely feel you. You don't music degree to make it or degree. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't feel you do. You need it. Yeah. Well, the only the only real thing that you can make out of a music degree is music education mm -hmm. so i mean essentially the only reason you'd go to music school is to buy into the system right you know? i i believe that like i see mixing and mastering courses at at some you know universities online i'm like what they actually I'll go on youtube and yeah I, i'm like do you not know like there's youtube tutorials to show you how to mix and master so i'm not going to spend thirty two thousand dollars a year at this prestigious nice you yeah. know university in a nice mixing facility to learn how to do it where when this guy on youtube who's certified in pro tools is showing me how to mix and master you know so yeah. you just got to find out what's your niche or what you really want to do you know yeah, I mean, I will say the the only, not the only, but one of the, you know, bigger benefits of going to a college like mm -hmm. that is like connections. Yes, yes, you'll yeah. you'll find people who are maybe in the mixing lab who have done placements with like Grammy award winning artists. Because I'll look at you know those advertisements and I see like the the staff members and what their accolades are, and I'm like, oh, so that could possibly a be a potential relationship if you do well in their course or whatever and you want to reach out to them for for help on something that type of thing but but yeah i definitely feel besides that maintaining connections and no no need for college at least for me right now degree <laughs> degree wise yeah yeah exactly well in the age of the internet it's so easy to ugh. I can't talk to you. Easy to connect. <laughs> yeah, it's the the whole thing of maintaining relationships uh, and networking is that's the thing now to do these days. If as long as you network and you're genuine and you maintain relationships, I kid you not, you will go far in life. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's the key to anything, mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of like a scary thing with the future of like technology is although you know, although you have that instant social connection, mm -hmm. you know, people are, you know, younger people are, you know, having really bad social anxiety problems and problems mm -hmm. with like, you know, maintaining relationships and mm -hmm. confrontation with people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And like, that, like, I feel like almost they're going to fail or it's, it's, they're either going to fail or it's all going to be integrated into social media, which is like a whole problem in itself. Yeah. There, I, I feel so too. Cause everybody is really conditioned like to their phones, you know, mm. they, they're like in, in my time, like, I don't even want to say my time. Cause it makes me seem like I'm old as hell, but <laughs> like 2013, that's my graduating class. Right. Okay. During that period of time, 
I like it wasn't a lot of people having iPhones or phones, but there it was just it was just picking up, and social media wasn't as big, so you were still having that face to face interaction. You were still mm-hmm. dealing with people on the daily. Now, you got the whole block to your face. You know, people are not used to having face to face conversations. They're not used to the whole, you know, talking to people in person or figuring out a conflict. They want to go to their phone and deal with it like that. You know, they want to go to the social medias and do that. I'm like, this is a crazy time we live in, you know, way back, you know, during like the 90s or whatever, when this is like an example, when you would hear about artists like Boys to Men, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson going to have a concert, you'd be excited because you're like, yo, this is going to be a crazy show. Like you, and then you'd go to the show, right? There would not be a person with their phone out because they're just mesmerized about, you know, the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to a concert, you already know what you, yeah, you already know what you've got, you're getting because either the footage, the footage has been posted or you've seen somebody, you know, tell you like, hey, I've already been to this concert. So you know what to expect. So as, as you say, like as time and technology advances, it's going to get even crazier and crazier to the point that it's all going to be tied to social media, like you said. <clears throat> exactly. Um, I graduated year after you, so I'm okay. really familiar with, like, you know, the time period you're talking about. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of thing as you're talking. You know, technology in that day, it was meant, you know, truly meant to, like, connect people. Mm-hmm. Like, in a true sense. Yes. Like, when you used Facebook or you texted someone, it was to figure out, you know, ways to connect in mm-hmm. real life. Or it was, like, a filler yes. for, like, when you weren't there in physical mm-hmm. contact. Now it's just all going, like I said, it's all going to the platforms. Everybody wants that quick <clears throat> instant now. Everybody wants, like, hey, I need everything. No, that's that's how I'm taking it. Even, even like, to the point of, like, I feel like this is all somehow, you know, connected in a sense. Even, like, when uh, you go grocery shopping, now you have the option of you can order that off of your phone. And pull up to you know a high or Walmart, and boom, it's instant right there. They're dropping it off to you. People don't want to wait these days. They want the instant right now. And I feel like that's of that's because of how technology and social media is advancing. It's all instant now these days. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know that has an impact on music and you know, mm-hmm. media too. You know, I feel like you know, and it's not a bad thing. I feel like hip hop songs in general are just getting shorter. There's the there's the <laughs> you ride all the money, man. <laughs> There's some video, uh, some funny video where they have like a parody where it's like literally like a five second song. They're like, mm-hmm. that's like the joke. It's like you know, and then like they keep trying to tr- trim it down, and it's finally like a half a second. They're like, I think, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I see, like they're they're in the let's studio. Pull, let's pull that up. Yeah, Fuck it. yeah. I um, know exactly. Go, what you're talking about. shortest <laughs> shortest rap song or something like that. Oh. It should pop up. Yeah, that video was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I was I was laughing when I saw that. I was like, oh, so this is. This is what we're doing on social oh, media. Oh, that second one. That second one. This one? No. But, but, sorry. Blow that. Third one, I guess. Mm-hmm. This one? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, watching it. Yeah, RDC World 1. That dude is hilarious. I'm back in this bitch. I'm back in this bitch. <laughs> with my main bitch. Like Lilo and Stitch. I'm getting rich. And I ain't no bitch. That's it right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let me hear that. I'm back in this bitch, I'm back in this bitch With my main bitch, like you and Stitch I'm getting rich, and I ain't no bitch Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's the one Round two I'm back in this bitch, I'm back in this bitch <laughs>
this bitch, I'm back in this bitch. Right <laughs> 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 oh, Straight full. <laughs> Alright, I think that's it right now. That was a straight. <laughs> that one. I'm getting rich. And- it's not even like necessarily a bad thing, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's just different. You know, music in the '50s was like that too. It was only like a couple minutes because they had the limitations of, you know, how vinyls were and shit. Right. They even short. Even like in African music. Uh, so in in Congolese music, they uh, they have a a, a a structure for a song, and like a a, a danceable song for a Congolese song is like seven to eight minutes. So if like when it like if I were to show you like a Congolese video or music video, these people dance for seven to eight, you know, minutes. And these videos have like two, three, four, five million hits. So it's it's crazy how in certain aspects of the world, you know, you got in Africa a seven, eight minute video, millions of hits. You come to America, a song that's a minute or two is Eight hundred million hits, and it's just like what? <laughs> and then you really think about the song, and then you start to like look at like why is it so big? And then sometimes it ties down to um, what do they call it? Uh, TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. making a, I would even say TikTok songs, but the song is kind of catered to towards TikTok that you can make it dance. You know, I love how you're like, what's it called? TikTok. That's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I did this morning make a TikTok video and post it, but I just couldn't remember. But yeah, it's like TikTok is a trend, and I'm not gonna lie. I like TikTok. It's like it's a cool thing to do uh, to like stay innovative with the people that follow you and just to show a creative side besides what you do artistry. And I like doing it, but the trend right now is. If you have a danceable song, you find people that engage with it, they can start a TikTok trend. And before you know it, you got a hot two-minute song trending, you know. Yeah, it is really crazy how what people can do with that mm-hmm. platform. I I do use it for the podcast, but I, I'm always personally, like, I've always hated it. Like, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> I use it for what it is. It. Yeah, I feel you. Like, I use it for what it's intended for, but I don't sit all the day, like, swipe, what's this person? Yeah. Like, what are they posted? There are certain people that I follow, I'm like, what do they post? Okay, cool. But I can't go on a daily, like some people do on a two to three hour span, just ha ha, he he, swipe up, swipe up. I can't. <laughs> I can't. No. Well, and, you know, that's kind of the problem I have with TikTok is it really lacks originality. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. the, the entire platform is dedicated to, here's a trend. I'm going to do my rendition of the trend. Yeah, I don't get like, it. Who has the, like, who has the funniest version of that? It's like, why don't you just, like, come up with your own thing? And, I don't get how some <laughs> brains operate. They'll do the same thing. I'm like, I just saw this five times, and it's not maybe anything different. Maybe it might be maybe a girl doing it now versus a boy doing it or... Yeah like four people doing it versus two people doing it and like right on the money again like it lacks originality like you're gonna i don't know what it is like they're like oh let me let me copy this versus let me start something else and try and do something new that other people can catch on so i can lead and they can follow you know yeah exactly i don't know how people can do like the same 10 songs just like or like you know, you know like either making tiktoks or even just right. going through tiktok i can't like um you know molly's more into tiktok than i am 
and she'll play it, and I'll like I'll hear these like same songs over and yeah. over again. I'm like, how can you listen to this? Like, I, I think I think Twin and Them <laughs> is, is is one of like the top songs, and every time I'm on TikTok, I hear Twin and Them, don't don't, and I'm like, come on now, I gotta I gotta log out the app. This is <laughs> yeah. it, it's the top of the morning. I heard this last night. No, yeah. Next, we talked we have talked about this in the podcast before, but it's crazy how like uh, you know, TikTok like measures. The amount of time that you're on like like literally like your how your finger touches the screen yeah like they are taking de- like data down to that detail to determine your algorithm Ooh, almost sneeze excuse me oh, you um good. you said it's taking algorithms how you swipe up on tiktok yeah well so like the amount of time that you spend on a video mm-hmm. and like how you interact with it like that like in real time they are you know refreshing their algorithm to like keep you on the app as long as possible oh that i i, I don't doubt that for a second there's yeah. crazy things they do with algorithms across like spotify youtube mm-hmm. just to keep you keep you informed and i see it like the crazy thing is like sometimes you'll go online and search something or you talk about something around your iphone you go on facebook and that same thing pops up as an ad <laughs> excuse me oh you're good cold season flu season (laughs) (laughs) well you know and that's the thing that i kind of like about my iphone i mean i guess the question is whether they're really doing it or they're just saying they're doing it but they have an option now where it's like they um it's like do you want to share your data there you go yes they i like that 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 is like the new update that i see like hey do you want to share your data or do you want to have your app track what you're doing and i always opt out yeah like i do not want these apps knowing what i do I've always uh, I've always wanted to do those like well the problem is have you ever fucked with VPNs right yes like yeah uh, there's a time where I used to like pirate stuff and download <laughs> dude and... I, I came I came really close I came really close to getting fucked myself I yep same same, same <laughs> there's thing a point where you stop you're like okay I I better not test the same <laughs> after you get those notices in the mail and when they call your phone like hey. Uh, We've been watching. I, I gotta click off this phone. You gotta stop. <laughs> burn the phone. Burn the computer. I'm done. Yeah, they, like I get like for me, it's just like I want certain movies to watch. I need certain softwares, and I want to pay money for them. So let me get a safe VPN. But that only works for so long until they call you. <laughs> well, yeah, and I also I also question the efficacy of those uh those yeah. VPNs. Cause like I feel, I feel like sometimes they're just iffy, and they're not like always like. Cause you'll be like in the middle of like pirating shit, uh-huh. or like, or the thing that I always do is like I, I would forget to turn it on, yeah. And then I would just start pirating, and then it's uh-huh. like, oh well, you're not even fucking using it anymore. Like oh shit, god damn it. And for them to even like work successfully, like some of them will give you a trial, but then mm. you had to buy into it. Yeah. And I yeah. think one of them that I used was always great because I bought into them, but after like a certain amount of gigabytes that you download, opts out. You gotta, you gotta, you know, buy into the subscription to, you know, keep using the VPN. But I loved them at that time. Love them to death. <laughs> well, I've heard the um, my cousin. He's like a computer guy, uh-huh. and he's always told me the way to do it is proxy. But like that, I mean, that's like complicated stuff. You know, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, I did computer science for like a year, and I could, like, I just, I couldn't keep it all in my head. You know. I remember back in my high school, they would block certain uh, websites, and I used to, like, find a proxy online <laughs> to, like, they would block Facebook. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you remember LimeWire when it was, mm. like, popping? Yeah. I got so, a lot of trouble trying to get yeah. LimeWire on my computer. Oh, God. My oh. parents are pissed. 
I used to download those. I hope nobody from like the Cedar Falls schools just watch like the teachers. Yeah, I used to download like LimeWire and just download songs to put on my MP3 player because I was a big music music nerd in high school. Like everybody knew I would have like new music on my phone or have CDs full of new music and people would buy these stuff like off of me. So I would always download music. So the teacher would come up behind me. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm playing this magic like school bus driving game. Like that's what I'm doing. But yeah, the LimeWire days was a great time because you could just download music at an like an unstoppable rate and just have it with you. Yeah, that that was a true like you know moment in time like when yeah. around when we graduated and stuff yep. where like the the administration was like behind the students in terms mm-hmm. of like technology. You always hear about the stories about the kid who gets fucked because he like managed to hack into the entire system. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's just some like, you know, this fat thirty you know, middle thirty year old is eating chips, not even paying attention. This kid just like hacking hacks through. the whole thing. Yeah. Changes his whole grade days, you know. <laughs> and before you know it, they're like, they don't even want to get him in trouble. Like, we wanna hire you. Like, how did you do that? We wanna help we wanna have you build a security system for us. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, shut up. <laughs> you know, that's the crazy shit, though. It's yeah. like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's how he, like, he fucking hacked the system. Now he's like, uh, has, like, the more power than anybody, probably. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Him and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> two, two geniuses. Like, shout out, yeah, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, his, just how he grew up until now is just amazing. He just, his story is amazing to hear. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I can say I'm not really a fan of the company as a whole, even though I buy in. You know, that's Same. kind of the problem is everyone buys into it, even the people who are because, like, that's the that's the thing that they've created. Mm-hmm. They've created the market that's like it's so cheap that you can't say no. Yeah, so, I, am I really going to pay twice the price going uh-huh. somewhere else? No. Amazon is kind of. I feel like it's kind of tricky because. For me, like I see what I, I see the reports that come out, like workers not being properly compensated, vacation pay, mm. that type oh, of yeah. thing. And then here I am, my my dumbass got a whole Prime sub, sub subscription, like free shipping, blah blah. I'm like, man, is this company really doing these things to these people? And then like you hear about companies like John Deere, right? Right now you got workers on strike because, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know the the CEO got a this amount of an increase. Um, and you got the people who are actually working their asses off getting like, I think it was like a dollar 86 increase. And I think prior to that, the, uh, the CEO got like a, I don't know how much of the increase it was, but it was in the millions enough to make the workers be like, yo, this is bullshit. So now they're retaliating. So it's just like, (sighs) I wish the CEOs of these big companies, I know it's easier said than done, but I wish they would like actually give a fuck about the employees and what they're doing because it's just like. We're the ones, they're the ones making the CEOs look good. They're the ones bringing in those top dollars, you know, yeah. and the CEOs are just, I feel they're just like really sitting back, watching the analytics, you know, laughing here and there and just going about their day, not really giving a fuck. Like, oh, no, they, they do not give a fuck. Like these workers aren't really replaceable. I mean, yeah, you can replace them, but they're not going to have the same work ethic as the mm-hmm. rest of them do because they probably, these workers probably have been there longevity, like 10, 15, 20 years. So... Yeah. These CEOs really got to get it together. Well, I think it depends on the co- like you know Amazon. I think that's right. objectively 
you know, that's a job where anybody's replaceable because it's yeah. just it's just so it's so simple and mm-hmm. like, but like the working conditions there are awful. Yeah, they they time your bathroom breaks and like it, like you walking to the break room like counts as your break because it's on your phone because it times you from your phone. Sounds like so, prison. That's all like uh, prison <laughs> confinement. Like you gonna tell me that you're gonna you're gonna all right? That's been five minutes that he's been sitting down at this table. He has another three to go. Then he got to clock off this break. Like you yeah. got somebody watching you on break. That is that's scream. And and they don't when they fire you they don't have the decency to do it in person you get a notification on your phone <laughs> I'm not even shitting you man that's awful okay you know what that's that social media shit you know <laughs> that that's the social media shit like they don't even they don't like the face to face confrontation they don't they don't want to yep, be asked yep. why like hey I'm gonna send you a notice like hey you don't need a clock in today uh, your services are no longer needed at this establishment like that's that social media shit yeah <laughs> you know like back in the day when they had to let someone go it was like, yeah. like oh I have to like I have to like yeah I gotta like, let Johnny go like, tell him, and now it's like oh, I'm just gonna send an email <laughs> they, they, they don't wanna be like hey you do a great job here this is not personal but the company's facing cutbacks we gotta let you go Johnny they don't wanna do that they wanna send that email and just doop, go about my day yeah <laughs> Well, that's the thing, and then like it degrades it to that level of like, hey, I'm just clearing out my junk now. Oh, fire Jeremy today. Okay, okay, right, move on. Let me send that email. All right, job done. <laughs> Fuck, man, it's it's a it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's it's crazy, it really is. Um, did you did you hear about the thing that happened with Chick Fil A? No, they, their workers all went strike too. What they do? They they're known to be that top notch. Like everybody wants to work there. Everybody yeah. wants to eat. There. Molly, see if you can find uh, the CEO addresses strike or something at Chick Fil A or not? Or no, no, sorry, not Chick Fil A. Kellogg's. That's Kellogg's. what I meant. Kellogg's. They got some good cereal. <laughs> yeah, special K cereal. Um, type in CEO response. Go to go to um videos. Yeah, because they did this video where they claimed that like the average employee mm-hmm. salary is one hundred twenty thousand dollars. It's just like there's oh here we go top one yep 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 there you go there you go. This shit's ridiculous. Oh, here go, go back to go, go YouTube try or oh there it is there it is there it is down there. God damn ads. Yeah, I don't like ads. Jesus. You gotta hit you gotta hit block. You gotta hit block. There you go. And then we got another ad. They gotta make they're, ruin the pot. they're ruining the Macau Stowers. That automated ass response. We are response. deeply concerned that the union at our four U.S. cereal plants has decided to strike and what that means for our employees. Being away from work puts our people and their families in a difficult position and can create financial hardships. Our number one priority is to get back to the negotiations table and reach a contract so our employees can get back to their jobs and their lives. We're especially concerned that the union struck without allowing members to vote on the company's October 1st offer. Kellogg's proposals have been grossly misrepresented by the union in statements to their membership and to media, and we want our employees to have all the information they need to make informed decisions for themselves and their families. Yeah, pause pause that. Pause that. Let's start with So if you make if you make seven twenty five an hour, Mm -hmm. that's a dollar. Probably not even a dollar. Who cares, bitch? (laughs) Okay, start again or play it again. They're not doing. Kellogg is not asking employees to give up health care, retirement benefits, or holiday and vacation pay. 
The fact is, we're proud that most employees working under this contract have industry-leading pay and benefits, and all have above market wages and retirement. There's just, there's no way In fact, the average 2020 earnings for the majority of our hourly serial employees was $120,000. Boy, you are bullshitting. And more than a third. Why are you lying? Why would you, re why would you release a statement <laughs> like that? The motherfucker on lying, putting together a serial box. She was about to lose her job. Comprehensive health insurance, meaning they pay nothing for their health care. No <laughs> they pay nothing for their next to nothing, nothing health care. Less senior Homeless employees have the same health insurance probably. plan that you know our I'm not, I'm not buying Raisin Bran anymore. they pay much lower employees. Contributions I'm not. than the rest of us. Oh, go go back a little bit. That was fucking crazy. Did she just say what I thought she said? Yeah, like go back like eight, seven seconds. Yeah, there you go. Except they pay much lower employee contributions than the rest of us. A construct that was agreed. Because you're paying them ten dollars an hour. <clears throat> okay. Start again, please. Agreed upon with the union in 2015. Kellogg's proposals not only maintain industry-leading pay and benefits, but offer significant increases in wages, benefits, and retirement. It was 9%. The union claims they're forced to work seven days a week and significant amounts of overtime. The fact is, in 2020, our cereal manufacturing employees worked an average of 52 to 56 hours per week. No. However, 90% of the time, employees volunteered for the extra hours. I bullshit. Yeah, I don't buy that. From personal experience, like, you would walk into your job and you see that posted, like, hey, work -life mandatory balance, frankly, overtime. frankly, it makes it difficult to recruit and retain people. There ain't no voluntary. Ooh, yeah. But, uh... Don't you just want to like, hit her with a car? I, 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 I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I, 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 I probably I say a couple words like you don't gotta lie like that. You don't gotta. Oh my god! You, know, like, you, you released a whole bullshit ass statement. One hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Then why would they be complaining? And she had the audacity to say they don't contribute to the company. You're paying them. You're paying. Them. <laughs> You're paying them. This isn't your like grandma that you're asking money from. Yeah, I'm not buying Raisin Bran Crunchy no more. That's a disappointment. I didn't eat cereal anyways, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Kellogg's. Um, sorry, get back to your music. Have you performed? Have you have any performance experiences? Yes, uh, I, my my performance is, my performance has started taking off 2019. 20, end of 2018, 2019. I perform. I, I performed at St. Kate's University. Um, uh, two, three festivals in Iowa. Uh, there's a, a nightclub in Cedar Falls called Voodoo. I performed there um, last year. So overall, mm. I wanted to say a good mm, seven to eight performances since 2018, 2019. And the good thing about those was my last performance was really taken off. Like it was, it was starting to bubble and then COVID hit. And that mm. took, you know, a back burner to everything I had planned and scheduled. But fortunately, even during through COVID, Voodoo um, was fortunate enough to host me that night and I did a show out there. And th that was the only show I did that year. But I was very grateful. You know, I'm always grateful of opportunities. So hopefully closing out this year, I'm able to do one more show. There's, uh, there's actually a Halloween event that is next year in Ames I'm supposed to perform. Mm. So if that you know, actually, like, follows through, and I hear about it, you know, by tomorrow or Monday, I, I'm going to be stoked because I want to, I love performing. It's a different vibe out there when you mm. see, when you look out there and you see 
a crowd of people and of course some girls out there it makes you want to go 10 times harder you know just <laughs> you just want to bust your ass and show them like hey i i got something to prove i want you guys to listen to my music and hear what i'm saying um so i, I love performing and, and and i hope i can continue to perform hopefully this year or next year Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I'm really hoping, I mean, we'll see how everything goes, but I'm really hoping at least in Iowa next year things mm-hmm. will really, really, you know, because I remember, what was it, last year, mm-hmm. like, they, they had all the, you know, concert releases, and they were like, 2022 is going to be the year. Yeah, I you feel. Know, I, I feel, feel like it's going to piss a lot of people off if they don't do that, if they don't follow through with that. I feel yeah. it will be, but I feel like this year they should have canceled concerts altogether because... I don't think we were ready for a strong comeback yet until next year. Um, so I, I'm I'm feeling next year will be the year that when March through like September, when it's like concerts are going and people are touring, that that'll be the year we're like, hey, we all outside now. We're yeah, all, we're all having fun now. Just right now, it's it's too close to call. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's I I hope that's the thing that everybody realizes is like mm-hmm. you know outside it's pretty you know it, there's a enormously good chance that you're going to be safe no oh, yeah you know, mm-hmm. if you're out, if everybody's outside and you know doing all that but yeah I, I i really i really hope that that um gets better you don't get nervous at all performing you're yes i definitely do get nervous uh it's it's more of like the pre the pre jitters of of mm-hmm. like i want to say I don't really worry about like the crowd that shows up because if it's like five or 500 people, you still got to give the same amount of energy. It's more of, uh, hitting the notes, uh, knowing if I'm going to harmonize or ad lib or if I'm going to sing straight through. And that all comes through when you're practicing. Um, you, you, you want to have a routine now. So when you get on stage, you're not really panicking. Not that I panic, but that's one of the things that tends to make me nervous but besides that, nothing, nothing really knocks me down nervous wise. I try to remember like while I'm performing, if I do something crazy to make me nervous. I know one time I was performing with a, a wired microphone and this was like one of the first times I was just like getting comfortable when I was performing at a university and I had the mic and as I'm walking and walking, you know, saying I step on the cord and boom, it yanks out. And there's like at least, I think, yeah, it was a good 70 to 100 people out in the crowd. I'm just like. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I, I credit to myself. I just, I just kept going. I grabbed the other mic and just kept going. And that was just definitely a learning lesson. I know I was starting off that, hey, in times like those, like just laugh it off and just keep going, you know? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, and, you know, and that's the sign of someone who's professional, mm-hmm. someone who. Y- y- if someone were in that situation they were like insecure and not that mindset they would like you know melt down mm-hmm. say, you know but you know if you're really if you're really comfortable you know you just kind of you, you go with it yeah you have to you got to brush it off and just be positive and and just keep going like lead with positivity like generally lead, lead with positivity in any situation always yeah that's uh I, I think generally that's the best way to go about it mm-hmm. you know just try to have a you know, a positive, positive vibes. You no, know? only positivity. Only I can't. I can't do nothing else but positivity. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! yeah. What uh, what do you do to uh, keep positive vibes, especially in these kind of, in these years? Uh, know? a lot of time to like self reflect. Like whenever, like I'm at home, um, I do work out. Uh, 
just keeping in mind what I'm doing to my body um, mm. to stay positive and and um and yeah a, a little bit of uh you know the 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 Mary Jane does help with the stress to you know <laughs> stay positive oh yeah we're, but it but we're, uh, promoters here <laughs> heavily yeah. I wish the governor would uh follow suit but yeah oh the, the day they legalize it oh god we're gonna have a special Boy, stream I'm about to I'm about to celebrate Blood. I'm about to do a whole dance <laughs> it's gonna be an epic moment you know uh, I've really thought about just like saying fuck it so here on the podcast yeah, whatever. <laughs> arrest me bitch <laughs> come here right now i dare you yeah right as long yeah, as, right. as long as they don't know your place of residence you you can really hey you know yeah. they wouldn't know what's that you're holding it's a cbd joint you know i, I we have done that in the show before i've always kind of wondered that yeah i mean now that we're talking about me it wouldn't work so well but <laughs> <laughs> yeah now well now yeah we yeah, should have shut my mouth. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're fine, man. No, but uh, I really do wait for that day. Sorry, what were you, what were you saying? Um, I think I think we're talking about uh, like the staying positive. Yeah, be, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't like credit like marijuana like keeping me positive because like I go days where I don't smoke. But, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. But yeah. no, it, it helps. It, oh yeah, it's a it's a good soothing. You know, I mean I know you're drinking here, but like <laughs> it's 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 like better than alcohol. You know, a lot of people use alcohol for that same purpose. Yeah. I feel like if you know if you replace you know if you're using it differently, you know, vice versa, it's gonna mm. have a negative effect. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like if I re- if if I choose, like I would definitely choose marijuana because like alcohol is good, um, in moderation. But when you're constantly drinking it, like a, on a day. And then you wake up the next morning, you're not going to feel good. And you're going to be like, man, I need a, you know, detox. Like I've like, this is just, you know, personal, personal stuff. Like there, there are days where like I've, I've drank a lot and it's just from partying, you know, being around family, just partying naturally. And then my body is off of alcohol and, you know, I shake and it's just like, oh, I've been drinking too much. I've been doing way too much. And then you got to, you got to drink some water. You got to, you know, start, you know, working out a little bit just to get your body out those jitters, those jitters and stuff. So if, yeah, marijuana all the way versus alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, time and time again, it just, the studies are just way better. Oh I, yeah. You know, I remember when I was like, you know, kind of deep in alcohol, I was like, I was drinking like three bottles of whiskey a week. Oh, just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of shit, obviously. Yo, yo, yeah, we all go through it, man. Like we, we all go through personal shit. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's such a trap, you know. It's mm-hmm. it, it becomes such like a like I have to like every anytime I'm not working, I have to be drinking. Man, that 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 is you know per, that is facts. Like this is just you know again personal stuff. Like around the time like my my mom passed, like I wasn't even I wasn't even twenty one. Yeah, I definitely was not twenty one. I was twenty, and I was uh, I was you know still living at my dad's house and. Like I, I would, I would wake up, you know, to a, a, a full bottle of red wine, just like half gone, and I'll drink the rest of it and just start drinking day to day to day, like every single day. It was a lot of days that I didn't remember, and this was, yeah, this was 2015, and then after a while, you know, I never, yeah, I don't think my my family or anybody really knows about this, but after a while, like I just had to snap out of it, you know. I didn't go to help for treatment. It wasn't like I talked to anybody. It was just like, I got to snap out of it because I'm waking up and going to sleep drinking. And that is not healthy. So after a while, just, you know, you just got to snap out of it and just get a rhythm that, hey, everything's going to be okay. You know, life happens and you can't result to alcohol. 
you know, to, you know, deal with your emotions or stuff. There's all, there are other alternatives, healthy alternatives to deal with that, but mm. you can't mask it with alcohol. It's just a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think ultimately, I mean, when dealing with problems, you ultimately have to do it yourself, you mm-hmm. know, no substance is going to help that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it, it really is a slippery slope because like, mm-hmm. you know, even though I have that experience, I still drink, you know, oh, yeah. occasionally. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's possible for, Shut the fuck up. I thought, yeah, I thought it had She was like, occasionally, you were just drinking last night and the night before. <laughs> Look, I'm Irish, okay? There's a there's a different standard of alcoholism. Hey, 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 say with Africans. Some Africans, I'm I'm just speaking to to truth because we Africans, at least for myself, we can drink a lot. I know I can at times, <laughs> but yeah, at, at times, yeah, the alcohol is. Speaking of alcohol, you mind if I have a little? Man, go ahead. Go ahead. Man, how was I so rude? Oh, no. Rude? No, you're fine. (laughs) No, I like, I I hate, like, I hate, like, asking people if, uh, you know, I can drink their liquor. Oh, no. There's plenty, plenty to go around. Cheers, man. Oh, definitely. I don't have, like, a proper glass. (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. (laughs) (sighs) Yep, smooth. (laughs) It's gonna gonna light up the furnace. God damn. Yeah. When you, uh, so what when did you uh, start smoking? I started uh, let me see. Uh, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen was when I first started and I haven't stopped yet. You know, I haven't haven't stopped. Uh okay, so you're you're similar to me, like 'cause uh I didn't start till college, like after high school, so we kinda of both got started late. Yeah, that that was a thing. Around around our time it was it was going around. In high school, and it, the taboo was like, yeah, don't don't taboo smoke weed. There. Yeah, that that's definitely still there. And then uh, I think one bad night at work, I just decided to try it, and I didn't I didn't stop. Now, like growing up, and then having to like be around my family, and they knew that I did was it was like a constant back and forth. It was nothing that my parents was doing. It was more of me and my doing, bringing it around and knowing that at that time, my parents were like, hey, what are you doing? You know, there there wasn't that knowledge of like the benefits of weed. Now, like I openly talk with my dad. He knows, you know, I smoke. Some of my family members know I smoke, you know, when I, you know, when I tell them. But it's more of the aspect of, you know, I don't bring it around you. You know, I don't bring it around my family. I don't I don't want to cause, you know, any harm or anything like that because you know it's i was still you know an illegal you know substance but 2015 was the year i took flight and I ne- <laughs> and i haven't touched down yet and i don't think i'm gonna touch down any point in time you know <laughs> that's awesome man that's awesome when did you start uh we've been 2014 i was in college uh yeah, it, it was kind of a weird thing because when I was in high school, I was a completely sober, like mm-hmm. clean, clean cut kid. Exactly, I was totally against it. Like I was like, why would I ever do that? I'm gonna yeah. die. Uh, no, <laughs> I you know I grew up in a small town. And I think, um, especially in that environment, you have a very you know you know a few people that smoke, mm-hmm. but they're kind of in that like that certain class and there's a certain stigma you yep. know you're in that small town closed mind environment everybody you, knows your business yeah and then you start meeting people who are like normal and they smoke pot and like yeah, i'm a completely functioning person like, right i just i use marijuana yeah and a lot of people isn't that bad they they like to knock marijuana down um mm. and i'm like hey like it's not for everybody um everybody uses definitely it. not for everybody. yeah uses it uses it for what it's intended for 
um it, it not every it's not for everybody you don't have to try it but for me like it helps with my anxiety it helps with my adhd it helps me you know sleep at night and it helps me create creatively in the music process and a lot of people like think like oh you must smoke a lot like you must smoke every day yeah i smoke most days but it's not to the point that when i don't smoke like i'm tripping or i'm you know going on a what do they say some people say like you can get addicted you can have withdrawals like the longest i've been without smoking marijuana or having any type of thc in my body was three to four weeks and i kid you not it was a great time and i had like good mental clarity i didn't have any cloudiness so i do enjoy the times that i don't smoke because i have clarity in my head it's not so jumbled and cloudy when mm. i smoke sometimes so it's definitely a balance interesting yeah um i'm not that i'm not that good i <laughs> i miss jo- <clears throat> so i have this joke i was in college uh-huh. and we had uh we had this thing called d-days okay and it's basically you know it was like at the beginning of the year everybody went crazy drinking all that shit right and it was the 100 year anniversary and it actually ended up really sucking because the police department like was on social media like we're tracking down and we're marching the streets and we're gonna bust everyone so like you know people didn't do shit but the whole but you know i was new into pot then so mm-hmm. my whole thing was like i'm gonna smoke like, I'm going to have fun. Man. I'm going to smoke every day of these days for the whole yeah. week, seven days. Mm-hmm. And I just kept smoking every day. <laughs> That's how it goes. Hey, I, I have those days where I'm like, I'm back to back to back to back to back. And it doesn't knock me down. Like, I, yeah. the way I like to look at marijuana is like, hey, I'm not waking up like I need to smoke. I'm not going to bed like I need to smoke. As long as it's not hindering my day-to-day business, my day-to-day things I need to do, I'm cool. And... Yeah, I can go out in public high and have a conversation like, hey, how's it going? And you won't know I'm high unless I want you to know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's also a weird thing. Like when you first start smoking is like you think that like everyone knows you're high. That's a paranoia. Yeah, Yeah. that's what gets your your heart going like, damn, damn, my dad could look in my eyes and literally know right now that I'm high. And I mean... Yeah, sometimes they'll look at me and be like, hey, son, why are your eyes glossy? Because I threw in the eye drops, right? <laughs> and I'll be like, nothing. Uh, my eyes are fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that paranoia, like, you'll be in public sometimes, and when you have a conversation with people, sometimes it just settles in your head that they can probably feel or know that you're high. You just start getting paranoid. But you just got to, like, calm down and be like, only I know that I'm, you know, yeah. high. No. Yeah, you can usually, I feel like you usually pick up pretty quick if people start like, you know, or, or here's the, you know, here's another aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. 70% of the time, even if people find out you're high, they're not going to give a shit. Oh yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> like, they'll, they'll look at you and have their judgments, their, their thoughts about it. But it's just like, Hey, Oh, they'll probably be just shocked that you smoke marijuana, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and me, I'm the type like, Hey, like come smoke with me. Like. It's, you'll have a good time you'll eat a lot like come have a good time like i sometimes i think to myself like hey dad like hey man I, let, let's let's partake in these festivities <laughs> uh all, all jokes but yeah <laughs> that's funny i have the real problem where like like i'll be fucked up and nobody will have any idea like i'll like i'll be drunk and like i'll have a conversation with someone and they'll have no clue that's like, a good thing. Yeah. No, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's a really bad thing. <laughs> because then it's an excuse to just be a fucking addict. 
like, uh, I can do anything. <laughs> I think I feel that way because I I've, I I do that stuff myself. Like I'd be in a I I'll, I'll know I'm like oh sh- like I'm fucked up, and the other person doesn't know. And then the next day, like hey, we had a good time last night. What what was wrong with you this morning? Oh, I was really drunk. Duh. <laughs> Oh, dude, I didn't even know. Like, what? Like, yeah. Well, now you know. You see me right now. Like, I'm, you know. So, (laughs) I think that's probably why I feel that way. Yeah. I used to work at a deli, Mm -hmm. and I was a delivery driver. And uh, one morning, I got so shit-faced the night before that I woke up drunk. Like, I I went to bed four hours earlier with, you know, half a bottle of whiskey in me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that didn't do shit. Four hours didn't do shit. So, yeah, like, like, and I had, like, early morning deliveries. And, like, I would, like, go out (laughs) I'm dead because I've I, I've been I've been there I, I've been there when when you you think that that three to four hours is gonna sleep off your drunk and you wake up your head still on a roller coaster up and down like oh I yeah. gotta go to work I gotta get up and that you could taste that alcohol on your breath and that's just let you know I did too much last night not even last night I did too much five hours ago. <laughs> um, and then you just gotta, you just gotta go into that shift like, hey, if I was gonna party my ass off, I, I gotta work my ass off now, <laughs> and it's hell, it's hell. And but, but by the end of that shift, you're ready to crash. You're definitely ready well, to yeah, crash. that's like the, and those are the worst shifts. Mm-hmm. Sobering up while you're working is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'm over there like talking to God, like if you just get me through this shift, I'll never take another sip again. I'll never party until next week. Just get me through this shift. And you're just like on the side trying to drink some water. You're trying to eat some saltine crackers. And the whole time you're just like my head is pounding. And like you got to walk in with your shades in. Your shades on at work. Like it's too bright. Like it's too loud. Like y'all doing too much. Just calm down. Like my head is pounded. (laughs) I would go to work at 8 a.m. And Mm -hmm. like so like I would start sobering up like right at that 11 (laughs) a.m. That was awful. You're just sitting there sobering up like yeah I'll take a number (laughs) You said a number what? Four? Okay. One. Okay. I have no idea. Oh, you no know lettuce? Oh, I thought you said you wanted lettuce. My bad, man. <laughs> you know what's crazy? People that work on acid and mushrooms and shit. Okay, see that? That's that, an, I don't know how people can do that. Yeah, I, there was one person that I witnessed uh, at, at at my job. Like, he was, he was off of acid or mushrooms, and... This dude was about to stick his hand in some flammable stuff because he thought it looked like a, uh, what is it? Not not a tidal wave, but it looked like a. He said it looked like a tsunami, like something you could just swim in, right? So he was about to stick his hand into it. I'm like, dude, like, dude, you need to back up. So turned around, went to something else, and he was staring at a screen. I look up at him. Dude is standing up, falling asleep. One of the craziest thing I've seen on a shift. One of the craziest things, I, I just said to myself, like, hey, man, whatever your drugs you're on, I want no parts of that. I want no parts. Stay away from me. And that's and, and that's a crazy thing about, you know, marijuana itself, because when people hear you're smoking weed, they automatically associate it with, like, all the other hardcore mm. drugs. They automatically associate it with, like, meth, cocaine. And I can probably honestly say I've never put none of that shit in my body. The only shit I know and, what, and that I truly do 100% is marijuana. Everything else is foreign to me. I'm like, no, I don't I do not do that. It's not mm-hmm. for me because I know what marijuana does to my body. And from the stories I hear from other people doing meth, cocaine, and everything else that I would never do, their lives never turn out great. They, they really mm-hmm. don't. So 
Yeah, well, I, I think meth is like, although um, I will say like I take Adderall, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, I, I think I I think, you know, I think in small doses that you know drugs that at least in that family could be mm-hmm. used beneficially, but um, yeah, it's 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 a slippery slope, you know. The, the you've never tried psychedelics. Uh, I mushrooms, yeah, okay. mushrooms, but it was in it was in pill form. That was like twenty. Oh, I've yeah, done, yeah, I've that done was that before. twenty twenty fifteen. And <clears throat> the, the only thing I can say about mushrooms, I mean, it's 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 safe, but it took forever for it to like take effect. And when it did, it was it was a nice little trip. But the one time I did it, it was enough. It was enough for me to be like, yeah, I don't like mushroom. I don't like mushrooms. I don't, I don't like the the psychedelics. I mean, it was cool. It was cool in that time, but just how long it took and the effects, I was just like, yeah, that's not for me. So mm. weed and mushrooms are the only two things that I've, yeah, that I've done. Mm. Yeah, you definitely went like acid then. Yeah, the, oh, the time was... no. I've heard about people who have done acid, and I like I continuously say, that's yeah, that's not me. I can't. I, I'm a big, uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I'm a big acid advocate. I've probably mm-hmm. done it about uh, 15, 20 times. Something like that, and and every time, every every time I hear these stories, is is different trips for everybody. It's different. Oh you know, yeah. feelings oh, people definitely, have definitely. Um, I I do. I have heard that like when you do these things, like you want to be in like in a good camp of people. You want to be like in a good environment, you so you don't have environment. Yeah, yes, so you don't have a bad trip and things like that. So when I hear those type of things, me personally, <clears> I'm like, you know, it's not for me personally. No, but I don't knock anybody down who does that you know they they got their preference it's cool it's yeah cool. yeah I, th- I think psychedelics are very beneficial mm-hmm. um i will <clears throat> kind of even point earlier like i will say one of the things that um really bothers me about the you know cannabis movement that's mm-hmm. been happening is like the integration of like you know because people have to remember like it's still american culture mm-hmm. you know we've been literally soaked in alcohol for about 100 years oh for sure you know and you're going to just integrate marijuana to that culture you're going to have you're going to have people that are you know trying to up it mm-hmm. you know dabs came in and you know there's like this was it this flower that like it's it, it's already itself is like 38% thc then mm-hmm. they dip it in wax and they oh, put keef all over it you what know was that moon rocks yo there yeah. you go there you go moon rocks oh, yeah. i love moon rocks <laughs> It, it was yeah I, I i was looking for it for a good two three years and then a buddy of mine was like hey I, I i went and did what i had to do and i got i got some moon rocks and i was like okay tried it and it, it was i've never tried it i'll say this it, it it definitely lived up to the hype it definitely lived up to the hype but it's one of those things that when you get it it's like a tiny ass ball and yep. you have to break up little chunks of the moon rocks and place it either into your your blunt or your joint or like ro- or you know uh, what do they I, call it put it like in a, a like pipe spoon? yeah or or a rig and yeah. smoke it that way. But the the way I did it was I broke it down and put it in a blunt with some weed and it was mm-hmm. a it was a great experience. But longevity buying it con- consistently no it's expensive. Oh yeah, isn't it like like 40 40 a gram or something yeah like that. 50, yeah 50 a gram, gram? Holy yeah shit. i saw 50 was was what i was priced at i was like yeah. man <laughs> all right well and that's and that's the you know that's another thing with the cannabis movement is like you, you with the american culture aspect there's also the capitalism aspect yeah which i i, I you know i'm pro-capitalist i you know i'm not against it by any means but you are going to see these gains and you know marijuana costs like there's going to be things you know like illinois um, Speak on that, man. I, uh, I I went out there. I went out to the little dispensary. I'm walking in there smiling. I'm like, cool. I'm like, no, because nobody told me, right? So I'm like, okay. 
they told me this I'm like okay this price i'm like cool so they take me to another room so i get there i'm like i'm about to check out they're like all right cool your total is this and i'm like i'm like okay i'm looking up again like what tax the tax that i paid was twenty dollars and i looked at it, i'm like so on top of the product i just bought i'm being taxed 20 and they're like yeah this is illinois blah blah and i was like wow that welcome was, to illinois yeah i was like <laughs> uh, i'm gonna do it this time but best believe next time you better have a discount or something but it, i don't understand the tax for illinois i don't know if i haven't been to colorado I don't know. Oh, they, really? Yeah, I haven't. Oh, been, shit. Yeah. I'm missing out, man. Yeah. Hey, I, I hear every. I hear a lot that I'm missing out. Granted, I haven't been there in a while. I, I'll see one. I would have been there in 2017. Mm-hmm. Was the last time I was there. So I don't know what the state is now. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Illinois, I have, I have a friend who just got me some gummies. They got. Um, it was like uh, 10, 20. Five milligram gummies per mm-hmm. bag. It was eighty dollars for yeah. two bags. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I had a friend who just got a half ounce. He paid two twenty for it. A half ounce. You get an ounce for that price. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was uh, yeah, I was about to start talking. You know, prices out. You know, you ju- you literally just screwed yourself over buying two. You bought a half for two hundred twenty out there. Yeah, you just got gypped. <laughs> I want to know who that. Why would you? You you wasted your gas. <laughs> And you spent two hundred and twenty. He was he was on a road trip. He he was on the way kind of deal. So, you know, I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm gonna give him a pass this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, it wasn't see. like the, that. Wasn't the end destination. You okay, know? it was kind of more of like a stop along the way kind of deal. Okay, good. So, I was gonna say for, for someone like me who like needs marijuana on a daily basis, I can understand that. You know? Right? Yeah. There, yeah. I'm like, huh? you're wasting money, man. <laughs> I mean, he's on high caliber, and I am. But oh, okay. Yeah, so he no. got it like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Some people just, you know, they factored that expense into their. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> yeah. some people, they they can afford that, which is completely fine. They look at the price like, hey, I don't. I mean, they might not be educated on like, I don't even want to say street prices, but if you were to, you know, buy through a third per a third party that does not sell in a store, of like, hey, yeah, this is what you're able to get. Um, the same amount, maybe even better quality, but it's not like an official store, that type yeah. of thing. Well, I think he, I think he acknowledged that it was not like a great deal. Oh, okay. Like he, okay. He, like he knows his shit. Oh, it was, it okay. was more like, it was more like, you know, he was on a road trip and I mean, we, oh, he some weed, like, you know, <laughs> last case scenario, might as well swipe. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm about to hit, um, Florida in a few weeks. Ooh, I'm where Houston, uh, Orlando. Okay. Um, Motley here, assistant slash girlfriend. Um, <laughs> girlfriend second. <laughs> I see. I see the head movement. So I'm like, man, he's about to get it. This shit. Yeah, I'm about out here. Like, I, I know. I know. Once I walk out the door, I'm gonna hear some slaps and some yelling. What did I tell you? I told you not to blah blah. blah. And I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> Molly's about to take over the podcast. I'm about to be the assistant. <laughs> it's just all jokes, man. No, but she's uh she's doing a uh um she's uh she's working on a master's to be a therapist actually. okay so she's doing a uh what was it called again residency residency, residency oh down snap there. that is so awesome. um i they had a deal through that where you could have a person come along i'm like fuck i haven't taken a vacation this year so fuck man take advantage man yeah right so i'm i'm gonna be chilling for five days in orlando getting drunk and high and having a good time while she's fucking studying and hating her life man <laughs> I might, you, you might even be able to bring the podcast with you and create some moments out there. You okay, know, but here's the thing, though, is we're flying. 
I don't want to bring all that stuff. When Facts. I'm yeah. You know what? I definitely, I definitely would not. Yeah. I wouldn't even yeah. want to deal with the stresses of, oh, if I happen to lose a bag of luggage and all that luggage has, what, $2,000 worth of equipment, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know how to act in the airport if, I, if that happened. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because okay, I actually did think about that. I was like, fuck, can I do podcasts? But, like, but no, it'd just be off my laptop. And yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of a prick about quality and stuff like that. So. Yeah, which is important. Same, I, same here. I definitely feel that frequency. Like I definitely pride myself in quality over quantity. You want to present quality shit, and if it's anything yeah. less than quality, I can't present it. Also, I want to relax. You know, as much, <laughs> as, much as I love doing the podcast this right. Saturday, I need a break from you, motherfuckers. Like, you know. <laughs> damn, <laughs> I need to, I need to have five days where I'm getting drunk at eleven a.m. and just <laughs> soaking in the sun. <laughs> Hey, hey, that I definitely feel that 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 was me this morning at ten. I had me two, three shots. Like, hey, I, I don't got to work. I don't got nobody to tend to. Like, let me have a couple shots this morning and start my morning. And it was cool. So I definitely feel that a morning, a morning drunk. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> that. You know, and, and it's like we're talking about before the slippery soap. Like, mm-hmm. people would characterize that alcohol as yeah. alcoholism. But if you I do that, yeah. if you do that, like. Two, three times a decade? Is that really alcoholism? It's not. I guarantee anybody watching this is like, oh, yeah, you drunk motherfucker. Yeah, you wake up drinking, huh? You dirty bad. Like, no. Like, I woke up like, yo, it's a great morning. I looked out my window. The sun was shining. I was like, man, let me throw on some music. This is a partying. Yeah, Yeah. like, let me throw on some music. I took two shots, went outside. Definitely had a little lift me up. And then (laughs) I started my day. And it was cool. So it wasn't like every morning I'm waking up taking shots. Like, come on now, it's not alcoholism. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the other things I, I, um, like, you know, with the marijuana, you know, like we were talking about, like how the culture is going, mm-hmm. like the integration of like psychedelics into that specifically. Cause I personally, <clears throat> I've had like terrible experiences on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even had points where like I've been like, I've had, I've had like murderous thoughts about the mm-hmm. people I'm with, Damn. which is not me at all, but right. like it, and it was like, you know, disturbing at the time. Like, fuck, like this is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I feel like in the cannabis community, like people like all like often like com- you know conflate the two. They're like, oh yeah, you like some marijuana, try some mushrooms, and like that's not good. That's not a good recipe. You know? Yes, I have. I definitely heard that um, combining the two. Um, well, while you're already doing you know mushrooms, and then you're adding another you know you know thing into it, it's just like well, hey. Well, not even that. I would just say like you know in terms of like percentage wise people having a good time mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna conflate you know you're gonna have this you know you know marijuana cannabis and mm-hmm. you're gonna be like oh hey this is mushrooms like you're gonna have a good time it's oh. just not true no like no. there there are plenty of people who are not gonna have a good time taking mushrooms mm-hmm. it should be you know i'm not a religious person but i like the i like the sense of like you know sacred mm-hmm. you know there's something that's like when you say that like a drug is sacred mm-hmm. you're kind of like saying like, you should you should use this to uh, help yourself, you shouldn't be using this to get fucked up. Exactly, you shouldn't yes. be using this like alcohol, or mm-hmm. you know, or how some people use marijuana. You should be using this, you know, to help yourself. Yes, like w- one of those type of things. Like there's a time and place for it, and this is not, you know, the time for this. You know, do that, you know, at a separate setting. So I definitely, I definitely yeah. feel that. Yeah, I mean, I I admire the modern day, you know, Hunter S. Thompson who's able to just. Have you ever seen that guy's? Are you familiar with Hunter S. Thompson? No. Nah. Really? No. Oh, if, if, if I see something, I might oh be like, oh, God, yeah. Dude, that's a rabbit hole in itself. He was a really significant <laughs> journalist. Um, 
<clears throat> came to prominence in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, big part of like the counterculture movement, like the psychedelics movement. Okay. Fear and Loving Las Vegas, have you heard of that? No. no okay. I, that, um, I highly recommend that movie. That's Giant Depp. Um, okay. Portrays him. Okay. But like, uh, it, it, that's kind of how he became famous. It's like, basically the movies like he and his lawyer go on this crazy drug filled trip to mm-hmm. Las Vegas in search of the American dream. It's this, you know, it's really interesting, but, um, go to, go to YouTube and type in Hunter S Thompson, uh, daily routine. This motherfucker took so many drugs every day, but like he was like, um, he, I think he ended up killing himself. Oh, hell like, no. in his late fifties. Um, just, you know, he's, he's just fucked up all the time, but like, yeah, this motherfucker's crazy. Um, Hunter's, yeah. Dude, there we go, there we go, there we go. Ah, yep. And this is JRE. Um, oh, yeah, go to that first one, yeah. Alright, here's here's his daily routine. 3 p.m., rise. Hey. 3.05, Shiva's Regal with morning papers. Smokes Dunhill. Yeah. 3.45, cocaine. 3.50, another glass of Shiva's. Mm-hmm. Another Dunhill. 4.05 p.m., by the way, first cup of coffee and a Dunhill. 4.15, cocaine. 4.16, orange juice and another Dunhill. 4.30, cocaine. 4.54, cocaine. 5.05, cocaine. 5.11, coffee, Dunhills. 5.30, get more ice in the Shivas. Cocaine at 5.45, 6 o'clock, smoking grass, take the edge off today. <laughs> 7 p.m. Today, three yeah. hours into it. Three hours in, lit. 7.05, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. Heineken, yeah, you see the uh, job. Margaritas, right? coleslaw, oh. a taco salad, double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the rest of the ride home, a snow cone, a glass of shredded ice, which is poured over four jiggers of shivas. Okay, so the snow cone is shivas. Okay, 9 p.m. Start snorting cocaine seriously. <laughs> 10 p.m. Drops acid. 11, 11 p.m. Chartreuse. I don't know what that is. Cocaine and grass. 11.30. Cocaine, etc., etc. 12. Midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. That's when he sits down to write. 12.05 to 6 a.m. He writes. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass, shivers, coffee, Heineken, closed cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhill's orange juice, gin, continuous pornographic movies. 6 a.m. In the hot tub with champagne. Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. 8 a.m. Halcyon, just sleeping pill. Not 8:20. Sleep. <laughs> Holy shit! So that guy was really big in the uh, 70s. I highly recommend. Like, in terms he, of he's just madness. I want to talk oh, about life. It's still playing. You gotta go. You gotta go madness, I know you can't hear. It. Okay. Wow. But yeah, that guy was fucking insane, man. I highly yeah, recommend. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend checking out. But he was like he was a really prolific author, and like he wrote some really great stuff. Like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of my all time favorite movies and books. Like it's it's just so it's so interesting how because it's I mean obviously it's you know it's that fun crazy drug field trip, but it's right. also like an analysis on mm-hmm. America in that time and like yes. you know, in the midst of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and shit like that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, he, I think it was Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Um, he was like. Um, he really had a lot of insight in the early 70s about like presidential campaigns mm-hmm. and he really talked a lot about like political corruption and right. like you know the malicious n- nature of a lot of these people that are in politics and um, very just like you know overall very significant okay. I highly recommend him yeah I'm gonna I'm check out that, mo- that, that movie because just just seeing what I just saw I'm like man I can't even ma- I can't imagine how how his body is that that is so much <laughs> it's that crazy is... you know it's really crazy how he killed himself yeah. too you know like he didn't die from the drugs he d- like i mean 
you could argue whether the drugs had a lot to do with that. It probably yeah, did. Yeah, played a factor into it. I but, feel. but I mean, he didn't overdose. Yeah, like that go. whole time, doing cocaine, crazy shit. I mean, he probably did a number. There's a there's a scene. Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. <sighs> in in a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the, what the? Do you want to find um, Fear and Lo- Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Um, crazy drug towards the end. Try that. I don't remember what it's called, but he takes this like crazy drug and trips for like two days. It's like um, from human blood. He like gets high off like the chemical they find in human blood. And he just Hell goes on this no. crazy, insane Hell like no. trip. But like that's like the whole point of the book and the movie. It's like it's a it's a exploration <laughs> of like the you know depravity. Of I can't. All that. that that that's a whole nother extreme. We yeah, only marijuana over here. Yeah, or maybe, I don't know. That could have just been from the movie. That could just uh, Adrenochrome. There you go. There you go. There you go. Adrenochrome. Type in Adrenochrome. See what that is. Yeah, that was the drug. Um, it's a chemical compound in the mocha form. Produced by the oxidation of adrenaline. Ah. Is a hemostatic medication. Hemostatic. What does that mean? Hemostatic. Hemostatic. What does that mean? It's when your blood clots. It helps clot your blood. Uh, okay. So you just yeah. That like that's that's like the level they were on. Yeah, I see like the, the level oxida- Yeah, the oxidation of adrenaline. That's a whole nother yeah. high right there. Like. <laughs> yeah. That that's like dark shit. Like yeah. you know, Campbellus. Yeah. And stuff like that, that. That's a whole. Uh, that's some dark dark Hollywood shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. yeah. I feel like that type of shit goes on in Hollywood because I'm pretty sure you heard about Hollywood and that shit. And like when oh, I see that, uh, I'm like, yeah, that probably happens in Hollywood somewhere. I, oh yeah, I, I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. You're familiar with PizzaGate, right? Heard of it? Heard of it in passing? <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into that whole. thing I heard of it, it in passing. I can't remember the like the the context of it, but I know I've searched it. I've searched it up one time, and I said, and I said, hell no, and I said, I was like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> So, so there's a lot of it that's bullshit. I mean, objectively, but the it's in connection to the theory of like the elite having like child sex slaves. There you go, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a lot. I mean, there were some things that seemed pretty ridiculous and just ended up not being true. But mm-hmm. there were some really weird things. Uh, for instance, John, uh, Podesta, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign manager, mm-hmm. had let's look that up really quick too. I'm sorry, I'm making you just look everything up. Um, type in Podesta children paintings. He has these like fucking paintings in his house that are like really disturbing, like just paintings of like children, like in really weird. Uh, yeah, go to images. Uh, oh yeah, like stuff like that, like oh, like that one. Huh? Yeah, that one. He had like that. Yeah, that's and then and then like this one. Yeah, that's a no. Yeah, that you so that guy on the high <clears throat> I don't know how you say his name, but uh, Podesta. Yeah, Podesta. So so this individual cannot have those two paintings, right? And not be doing that shit. That's how I look at it. Because you can't exactly. you can't have that type of artwork and claim to be sane and normal when you can clearly look at those pictures and oh yo, this is this for me yeah. it screams yes red flags exactly exactly <laughs> so 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 although like you know maybe the things around that 
you know, because what pizza gaze is a guy went in and shot the place up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and they said it had nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Which I so I mean I don't really know about that situation, but mm-hmm. the problem that I have with this, this the dismissal of Pizzagate is that there is child pedophilia right. in the elite and mm-hmm. government. Yes, and facts. Hollywood, facts. And in ignoring this, they are also ignoring that issue. Mm-hmm. And you know. For me personally, are you familiar with? Uh, or you're not in, living in Des Moines, but uh, Christopher Rollins. Um, I came under a lot of controversy uh, <laughs> a couple months ago because uh, I was talking. You know, I was. Was, I was he that teacher? He was a teacher, and he he was uh, he's a pedophile. Yeah, I think and I was I was happy that he was uh, he was not longer on this earth and a lot of people didn't like that but did you make a video about it i, I did yeah 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 i watched it yeah yeah you went in i'm like yeah go ahead yeah talk uh, i definitely Thank say you. yeah i definitely Thank say talk you. your shit talk your shit i was like yeah why? like fuck a teacher that guy yeah fuck him yeah fuck him like you're gonna touch some kids like i've yeah. I, I have ultimate i have all the i have huge disrespect for any adult or anybody who go who's who's in school or a church or anybody who just decides to touch little kids like the fuck is wrong with you like these yeah. are some these are some kids who don't really have any sense of direction yet they don't know shit for life and then you take advantage of them because they can't speak their minds and then like it's the most fucked up thing I've seen like they like buddy or whoever it is go play in traffic like <laughs> go play in traffic I'll see you in traffic and run you over bro like hey I agree I agree man uh you know, and like people who like knew him and like had these positive experiences, yeah, him, they're, like, they're like trying to justify it. And it's like, no, you, I'm sorry. Like, I understand they had that experience, but you were a pedo. Yeah, you're a pedophile. You can't justify that shit. Like, I get like you can meet somebody and think the world of them and think they're a nice person. I've done that millions of times, but their actions is what really makes them their person. So if he's doing he's doing pedophile shit, like you, you can't justify that. Yeah. That That's wrong. You can't. You, you, it's the person's actions. Like you can't justify that it's wrong. It's like yeah. right and wrong. I, I I would truly argue like next to genocide, it's one of the worst things a human can do. Yes, I mean I think it's worse than murder. Ge- genocide, even genocide itself, I like I can't understand it. Like the Rwanda genocide that happened, like I, like I can't like they they classified it off of you know human characteristics. You know, for for the Rwanda genocide, and like my my grandparents on both of my parents' sides were killed because of that shit, and I never met them. So when I hear about that shit constantly, like my parent, like my dad would tell me now, or I talk amongst family members, like the genocide, I'm like, like how how does shit like this happen in our, in our society? And it's really no explanation. How do people not talk about it? That's that's my big, uh, you know. Um, on a, like the thing that happened like Dave Chappelle or the thing yeah. or you know the, people are obviously using these things to distract us from what's you know I like child pedophilia and pornography and exploitation all that shit that should be on the front page mm-hmm. people should be like hearing about that I mean I know it's uncomfortable and people oh, but yeah. you need to get the fuck over that okay right, right. It's, it's a it's a reality we need to be hearing about this talking about it being aware of it I feel like, yeah, in, in 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 what you said, like things that really don't need to be in the media right now or not as important, but it is important, like the Dave Chappelle stuff, you know, everybody has their opinions about it and thoughts. That is at the forefront versus everything else that's going on in the world. Like, yeah, I, like to, it's the sad thing to say is I currently don't know, you know, what's really going on in the world because all anytime I go on, you know, the, the Facebooks, the Twitters and just news in general at the forefront is a Dave Chappelle thing. Every single day, it's Netflix is doing this. 
the uh, protesters walking out. You have employees walking out. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about none of this shit. Like, I do care, but it's not it's not gonna help me on my day to day. I need to know what's going on in the world. Like, 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 what's going on with COVID? Like, like, what's what's going on with Africa? Like, what's going on in terms of things that affect you know people? Not mm-hmm. about some no yeah. disrespect, of course, because this like it's no disrespect, but it's just like not so damn Netflix special that's not gonna have any impact in my life right now. Yeah, compared to those issues, it's very insignificant. Yeah, for sure, for sure. (sighs) Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to say where where this world's going and all that. Um, well, I guess what what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious where the world is going. Well, like the sorry, the the Chappelle special. Did you actually see it? I'm not seeing it. Okay. Um, I I I think people should keep this in their heads. Dave Chappelle, and I'll say this for any comedian that would be facing backlash, not because he's black, but anybody across, mm-hmm. like, Dave Chappelle is keyword a comedian, okay? That, like, I, I, I don't know what was said for context, but it must have been, I feel like it must have been enough to, you know, spark some, you know, reactions out of people. Um, so, I think one thing we need to take out of this is he's a comedian, and for some comedians, they really do take it far left. They take it across the boundaries. Um, but I feel like it's all, um, I feel like it's all for jokes. I know he, mm-hmm. I, I think he made a, re- I think the way I understood it was he made a reference to DaBaby, um, the way things are being handled with him in terms of the comments he made towards the LGBTQ. Yeah, the, the joke was that um, DaBaby got away with shot, shooting someone, but not, um, Make it fun gays or something or what, what what was the exact thing you said like he he doesn't fuck with gays or something like that wasn't that what the baby the baby said um I, I don't think he i don't think he said that for verbatim i think he he said something at a concert yeah it was something anti yeah anti anti-gay and it what what he said was it, it just made him seem like he wasn't educated on a lot of stuff mm. you know in mm. in in the LGBTQ community, and he he got some backlash for that, and yeah. I, I well, this is just my own personal belief. I do feel that there is. I don't see he got. I don't want to say he got away, or 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 he didn't get away with, um, th- those comments. But I do feel like there's the situation that happened when he shot when he shot somebody defending somebody. He got away with that. Well, within his rights. And then the the LGBTQ the LGBTQ situation that he said, and he's facing major backlash for that, which is understandable. I understand that. Um, it's just like both things are not being held to the same standard. I agree. And well, and that's the point he made. Mm-hmm. That that was like that seemed to be the entire point of the yeah, special, as he should. And it's just it just it's a testament to just the general problem we all have of mm-hmm. clipping, yeah, and creating a narrative. It's like CNN. You know, I saw I saw a uh, a headline for CNN. It mm-hmm. said um, vaccine mandates make more people get vaccinated. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, duh. That's kind of the that's kind of the whole thing. That's you know? the whole point. <laughs> yeah, you, you dummies. Like, I'm glad you defined it on on camera for everybody. But uh, I mean, you're not making any um, deep philosophical points or anything. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero. <laughs> Fuck, man. I think we've been going for almost two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just holy about. shit. It's already four. Yeah, four thirty-six. Yeah, so about about forty. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing 
really too too much i do i do want to uh just like personally say like to, to anybody who's like watched my journey like stream my music listen to my stuff like i truly appreciate you thank you for taking the time to listen to my music and songs because like you guys are the reason why i can continuously put out songs and videos because without you guys streaming my stuff and showing your friends um you know i can't continue to put out stuff and like to anybody who's dream chasing and stuff like truly push at your craft never fear you know the public's reactions never fear about putting your own emotions and and your feelings into music and stuff because i feel like for a lot of men um we we've like kind of been been conditioned to not really show our emotions like like if you cry right you're not a man if you present some type of emotion that's anything other than being strong you're deemed as weak you're deemed as you're not a man like i feel like that's all bullshit um i feel like even if you do show emotions and you present you know those type of things you still are a man you still are very strong like me like if i need a boohoo if i need to cry like yeah i cry like i deal with those emotions just like with anybody else so like even in my songs if i talk about heartbreak and stuff like that like that's because i feel comfortable doing it um, i'm not shy talking about it and more importantly um, my goal is to um, inspire somebody and have somebody relate. Like, if I can inspire somebody and have them relate, that is all I need because, like, the accolades and everything is cool, but I really thrive off of um, inspiring people and helping people. So I just want to thank whoever is, you know, streaming my music. Um, we definitely are working on the Tokos 2 video. We're shooting that very, very soon in Texas. I'm excited. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, this is round two for Texas. And I do want to say like this, we're going all the way with dancing. So this is going to be the first video where you're really going to see me dancing. Any one of my family members and all my friends know I can dance my ass off. And that's facts. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's awesome. this new video that comes out, I, I'm going to shut my mouth because it's going to be some surprises. And then after that, we're going into the new single and new EP. So I'm very excited uh, to share more with you guys. Really am. Fuck yeah, man. And, uh, you know, we got links in the description to for people to find you and all that. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And what's what's your Instagram tag? Uh, my Instagram is at Michael M. Jenny, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-J-E-N-I. That's all across my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube as well. All my DSPs, streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all those. Fuck yeah. Michael, it's been a pleasure. This is a really fun episode. Uh, uh, usually I got like my notes, but this is free form and mm -hmm. we still managed to, you know, get everything down and have a good conversation. So Yeah, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity. I, I know I reached out a couple of times. I, I apologize if I was annoying your <laughs> no, shit. No, you're fine, man. You're um, fine. But I genuinely do want to say, like, thank you for having me because I'm very uh, appreciative of anybody who's, like, willing to take the time to help me with anything I got going on musically. And, like, this podcast is definitely going to help me because, like, okay. once it's, like, when this is done, like, going to next week and next week, like, I'm going to, like, take the video and, like, post it on Facebook. or Fuck yeah. I'll shout. send you clips and shit. Yeah, and I'll definitely shout you out on uh, Instagram and stuff because, like, okay. yeah, this was very fun for me. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you had a good time, man. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Um, one more thing before we wrap it up, though. I want yes, to announce. What was it? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tight, tight. Um, one more thing I want to announce. Tonight, uh, your private bar, they're doing another hip-hop showcase. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> Lolo Savage is headlining, and we got other locals. Um, they're doing a Halloween costume contest. Okay. And the winner wins $100. Cha-ching. So if you want to come bring your A-game on your costume, go do that. Um, otherwise... 
stay tuned next weekend we're gonna come back we're gonna be actually live sunday at seven uh, okay despite our usual time we're gonna be doing halloween our annual halloween themed live stream um where we talk about horror movies and other fun fucked up shit so fun, good time. fun shit awesome michael it's been a pleasure man pleasure man thank you all right let's get out of here peace peace Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode with Michael and Jenny. Super fun times. Um, you get support, like I said. And everybody, we all go check out his music and everything that's doing with that. He's got new releases coming. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be switching it up next week. We're going to be going live Sunday at 7 instead of our usual Saturday at time. Just due to scheduling and... It being Halloween, and we wanted to, you know, it's the weekend, so we wanted to do a Halloween live stream. We're gonna talk about movies and shit like that, so it's gonna be full time, me and Molly. Um, and I hope everybody's been enjoying the show. We got, we're gonna be approaching episode 100. This is 89. We're gonna be approaching episode 100 about beginning next year, and after that, we're gonna be taking a little hiatus, and we're gonna be, we have a lot of cool stuff coming. So I hope you guys all, um, have been enjoying what we do, and I hope you all continue to tune in. All right. Have a good night. Peace.